Hello and welcome to another episode of Teaching Restored, where we help you become a more effective teacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm Kevin Jones. I'm Julie Hilliard. And we're going to go for another great topic today that I don't have a clue what it is. Julie. Well, guess what? what? I have a clue what it is. I hope I'm so. I'm going to enlighten you, but I'm not actually just going to tell you. Okay. So I am going to put you on the spot instead. Oh, bring it on. So... To give you a little bit of context, actually, there are, so I want to start, but can you hear my son laughing in the next room? No, I didn't hear <laughs> so that. Cute. He's totally <laughs> laughing his head off. It's really cute. So it's, um, they're anticipating snowmageddon here in Vancouver, Washington, which is, you know, pretty much anytime there's a flurry out of the sky, the whole city shuts down and freaks out. Pretty much. And so they let all of our kids out of school early in anticipation of the flurries that aren't happening. So nice. uh, we had some arrangements. Okay, so I wanna share two things. I wanna share a quick story and then I wanna tell you why this is on my mind. Okay. So really quickly, um, my son, and I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this. Um, he we'll has find been out, thinking, won't we? <laughs> we're about to find out. I'm gonna, I really, I'm learning so much about being a parent. Um, as my kids are entering their teen years. And part of what I'm learning is just how bad I am at it. But part of what I'm also learning is that there's no such thing as a handbook and that every kid will throw you curveballs. Right. I know you know this, you have eight children. Many of them are adults, but like I'm in the throes of the curveballs. <laughs> um, but I actually really am coming to value how my son's mind works, which is differently than mine. So he has been thinking about getting his patriarchal blessing and he's actually been hesitant and it surprised me a little bit. Like, I'm like, why would you be hesitant to get your patriarchal blessing? And I've asked him that question and you know, why, like, what's your hang up kind of a thing. Sure. And um, response was kind of, well, it's not a hang up da, 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 and kind of brushed me off. And so I'm like, oh, he's not ready to talk about it. And so I broached it a couple of times because the last thing that I want him to feel from me is pressure. Mm -hmm. And so I've continued to talk to him about it just when it's natural and appropriate. And I've thought about the questions that I want to ask him to bring the topic up or how do I want to, you know, really connect with him so that this conversation that we have is sincere um, doesn't feel pushy, doesn't put him on the defensive. And I've had a couple of those opportunities. And when I've had those opportunities, the way that the discussion has gone has been very positive. And I've learned a little bit Good. more about concerns. And the reason it's gone well, I think, is because of the way that I've asked those questions. Okay. And I was very careful and very thoughtful about the questions that I would ask him. And it's kind of got me stewing on the role that questions play in deepening our connections with other people. Mm -hmm. And so I want, I'm, so now let me give you why this is heavily on my mind right now. So this next week, I am speaking to the missionaries um, in the Vancouver, Washington mission at their zone conferences about questions and how to ask better questions. And I feel really strongly that um, the most important thing I could teach is how to help them better connect with people 
by using questions and Great. using the questions that they ask to deepen those connections. Interestingly, questions have the ability to do the exact opposite, mm-hmm. right? So I want to talk about both of those things. How can they help us to better connect? And how can they actually drive distance if not used appropriately? So to start, though, let's back up just a tiny bit. And I'm going to take this from the perspective of a missionary. Okay. So what if somebody was to ask you, what the job of a missionary is or what their purpose is, what would you say? Very, uh, on on a simple level, it would be to help others come closer to Christ, to know Christ better. Okay, so come closer to Christ. And you're in part defining that as coming to know him better? Mm -hmm. Okay, excellent. Excellent. I think that that, like, when you think about it, most people would probably give a similar answer, right? Sure. Yeah. So what does it really, and I'm going to, you gave me a short answer, but I want to go just a little bit deeper. What does it mean to come unto Christ? Because we use that phrase a lot. Mm -hmm. So, you know, let's kind of go into that just a little bit. What does it mean to come unto Christ? To me, it would, it means to learn of him and to emulate him. Okay. To follow in his footsteps. To learn of him and to emulate him, which sometimes requires a little bit of a change in behavior, right? Or a lot. So a whole (laughs) lot, right? So, so coming into Christ means that we come to know him better. And then I am going to insert a word that we're, because of what we learn, we're inspired to want to be more like him, to emulate him. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I've thought about and a word that I've kind of put to that is that I think that one of our purposes as a missionary is to help people connect with Christ. And when I say connection, I'm like using the Brene Brown definition. Um, she talks about connection. In fact, I've got it in front of me. Let me just pull it up so that I can read it. She says, connection is the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued. Okay. So think about how you as a missionary can help people connect with Jesus Christ in a way that helps them feel seen, heard, and valued. Can you think like how do, mm-hmm. how do we do that? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm, that's a little bit of a rhetorical question, but I think that there are also, I want to know what your thoughts are when you add that definition to connection. So I'm going to repeat it so that I can be a little bit more succinct and make sure the question is clear. Okay. So if we are helping people connect with Christ to feel seen, heard, and valued by him, what does that mean? Like, what does that look like to be seen, heard, and valued by the Savior? Okay. I don't know if I'm going to go where you're intending to. However. I'm I'm not being manipulative. I actually am genuinely trying to understand this so that I make sure that when I teach this, 
Like I want to connect this to missionary work. So wherever it takes us, like I'm being very authentic and asking the question. Okay. Since missionaries in this context are in a way a conduit to the savior, they have to emulate the sea, um, be heard and feel valued, correct? So they must do it themselves. Which means, I mean, okay, to to be able to feel like I've been seen, mm-hmm. I have to be able to, if if I felt, okay, I want to be seen by Julie. Yeah. It will necessitate me to be able to give off something so that you can see me. Mm-hmm. However, what it, what it, what this, the opposite of this, what it doesn't say is for a missionary to in a way, and I'm going to make a little jump here to talk at, because when one is going on, the other isn't happening. And I find a lot of times missionaries and we just overall will try to teach and try to talk at when they're the, the person wants to give of themselves, but because there's a lot of talking at that person, it's not coming that direction. It's, it's going the one way which is what we think of teaching as a lot of times, right? Mm-hmm. It's us giving you the information. Well, no, 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 no. If you want to be seen, be heard and feel, feel valued, then it needs to, a lot of it, if not the majority, if not all of it comes from them to us. So there's the start of what I'm thinking. Okay, let me summarize what I think I heard you say. As a missionary, you are a representative of Jesus Christ. And so if that is the case, Part of what we have the job of doing as missionaries is to help others feel seen, heard, and valued. And if they feel seen, heard, and valued by us, they hopefully, that opens up the door for them to feel the spirit. And that is how they start to be seen, heard, and valued by Jesus Christ, how they start to feel more connected to him. That we are almost like have the responsibility of being not the conduit for that, but to open up the conduit for that. Good. Is that kind of what you meant? That that is so much more well said than what I said. Yes, absolutely. Not necessarily. Thank you. So, but I love something that you brought up, and that is that in the, a traditional teaching role, like if we think of our purpose as a missionary, and we think that it is to help people come unto Christ by convincing them of certain that you know things that are related to the our church not even the gospel like right convince them that our church is true mm-hmm. convince them that then we will be more inclined to talk at them which is one of the things that you mentioned like people mm-hmm. don't feel seen when they're being talked at right right people don't feel heard when they're being talked at correct and they don't feel valued when they're being talked at and so what does it mean to you to like if you, I'm trying to get at this and I, I want it, let me tell you kind of what my I'm thinking and then I want you to okay. just build on my thought. So part of what I've thought about is what does it mean to have a relationship with Jesus Christ where I feel seen, heard, and valued? And remember, as missionaries, we're kind of trying to emulate what Jesus Christ would do, right? Okay. And so if I'm thinking about that, I'm like, part of why I feel valued by him is because I have an understanding of my divine identity right? Um, Part of why I feel valued by him is because I feel like when I pray, he wants to hear what I'm going to say, right? 
part of why, and so that's connected to this here, here part, part of why I feel seen, it goes back to this whole Adam and Eve story. Like in a way I have come to understand that I am very, being exposed in front of my heavenly father, being very real, authentic, vulnerable with him creates a deeper connection. And so allowing myself to be seen requires me to feel safe. And so being seen, heard, and valued to me also means that I feel safe being myself. I feel safe enough to be vulnerable. I feel like he's paying attention in when I'm praying. And I feel like we are more deeply connected because of my divine identity. So that's the seen, heard, and valued part. Good. Do you want to build on that at all? Do you have any additional thoughts or does that resonate? It does. It does. Yeah. Let me add this little bit. So I'm going to try to tie this all, make this all connected here. One of the, as I think of missionary work overall, one of the things I think in that, as I mentioned before, that we do a lot of talking, even if, you know, just not as a missionary even, but just as uh, a friend talking to yeah. another friend, we do probably more talking than we ought to do. An alternative to that, what if we built experiences? Okay. Tell what me if what, we, what, if, what if we focused on building experiences? For example, the missionaries encourage their friends to pray, right? There is an experience that they have. And so what they're doing is allowing that person to, ex to act, to have an experience, to be taught by the Holy Ghost, and then they have an experience with the Savior to be seen, to be heard, to be valued. And, but talking to them and teaching them content, I think is a, is a step, but only a step to having experiences. Because if you don't I have the experience and you don't have the, and you just have the content, then none of that, what you're talking about is going to happen. The whole point of teaching them the content is to go have the experiences. Okay. Right. Okay. Oh. So that I'm going to stop right there. Okay. So let me tell you why that was so perfect. So one of the things that I feel like, and remember I said that I wanted to bring this back to how questions help create connections. I feel like by the questions that we use and the way that we ask them, we need to involve them in learning. So that's one yes. of the things that questions do. They involve the person that you're talking to in learning. When you're involving them, if you ask questions in the right way, part of what you are doing is helping them to be like leading to introspective questions, so to speak, helping them to think about and consider how what you're discussing applies to them. You're helping them to internalize it. Yes. And to have an experience with it. Have an experience. Yes. Not to oversimplify it, but I would say in my brain, this is my brain is very simple, that introspective questions are the place where people are most likely to have an experience with the Holy Ghost. I would agree. Okay. So part of what we're trying to do is lead to some introspection, helping people to have an experience. So we need to back out of this for just a second because you cannot ask an introspective question of someone 
and expect them to give you an authentic, real, thoughtful response if you haven't first built a relationship of trust. Right. So they need to feel seen, heard, and valued by you before they will give you an honest answer to an introspective question. I think of an introspective question as trying to get what is in their heart onto the outside. Mm-hmm. I think of testimonies as mm-hmm. answers to our introspective questions. It's getting what's in our hearts yes. onto the outside. And articulating that is really, really difficult. And people mess it up sometimes. And so part of what we have to do is develop a relationship such that they feel connected enough with us to mess it up and to kind of muddy through it and to get what's in their hearts onto the outside. So let's back up just a little bit and think about our purpose as a missionary or our strategy for accomplishing our purpose as a missionary of helping people to better connect with Christ. And I think that part of that is to reframe our goal. So our goal is not to teach, but actually to help people feel seen, heard, and valued. And if that's the case, what should we do differently? How would you, as a missionary, prepare differently? And so that's kind of what I want us to dig into just a little bit. Okay. So let's think, let's back up for just a second. Two things that I want to bring up, and we're not, this is not the topic for today, But one of the things that I think is really important for us to highlight is that in order for us to help people feel seen, heard, and valued, right, we need to avoid doing some things with the questions that we ask. So can you tell me, like, just off the top of your head, because I've given this just a little bit of thought, what are some ways that we actually botch it when it comes to the questions that we ask? What, if we ask a question that is, premature, not right, coming on too strong, uh, maybe I just, whatever. How can we botch it with questions? Like what are some of the things that we do to botch so it? So those are all, all, all very good. I think one way, as you were talking right before you asked that question, one thing that I was thinking of was one way that we could botch it is to, you, you, you mentioned earlier, you said, it's hard to give an honest answer to an introspective question if you haven't built that relationship. Yeah. It's not hard to give an answer to an introspective question. It's hard to give an honest answer, like you said. And that was the, I think that's the clincher right there. So many times we can ask an introspective question or just a, you know, maybe another question and someone will reel off something. And if, you're, if we're not careful, we could just take that as, okay, that's the answer without recognizing that we didn't go deep enough or we didn't build that relationship enough to get a real answer. So that's that's not actually a real answer. I'm right. gonna have to dig deeper and, and consciously recognize that that wasn't a good answer, that wasn't a real answer, and it's because I haven't done my job enough to dig in deep and help them be seen, heard, valued. Right. Once they're there, and I ask the question and they give a real honest introspective answer, then you should be able to recognize that and go, okay, that's what we're trying to get at. Don't you feel like you've sat with somebody before and you've asked them a question and you're really trying to go deep, right? You're really trying and they give you a surface answer and you know it. Yeah. And then have you found yourself doing two things? One, just completely letting them off the hook and two, pushing harder. Yes. 
And what happens when you do those two things? What happens if you just let them off the hook? (laughs) It's built on a, uh, on a false foundation. Then what you say from that point on is built on a false foundation. It's hard to even go on if you don't get to that spot. So then what if you push too hard? What happens? They shut down. Okay. So both of those things erode trust. Mm-hmm. right in the yes. relationship like you're building on a faulty foundation or you've shut the other person down and so i thought about a little bit that we need to be very conscious like you said like tuning into that so that we are aware when we've gotten a fluffy answer yes and we take that as a sign not that oh they don't like me they don't want to connect that they can't go deeper none of those things don't make it about them make it about you and say, what could I do to help them feel like they can give me a real answer? Right. Don't get frustrated with them because they're not being real with you. Oh, they're just, they're not gonna be real with me. You know what I mean? Right. Don't, don't write it off. Like take it on and say, look, I really wanna connect with this person. And I'm not suggesting that right in that moment you're going to be able to, but I am suggesting that we need to reflect on what we could do differently. To oversimplify that idea, Two things, if you watch for signs that safety is at risk with the other person, you will be able to frequently spot when you're going to get a fluffy answer or when Mm -hmm. the answer is not real. And people, if they don't feel safe, they will either go to silence or to violence. So for example, if you're pushing too hard, you're gonna shut them down, that's silence. If you're pushing too hard, they might get defensive with you, that's violence. Those are signs that you haven't gone about it right. Mm-hmm. Or those could also be signs that you've hit on something that's a little bit of a sore <clears throat> spot. Sure. And when you encounter that, the key to overcoming it is empathy. It's perspective taking. And part of how you empathize is that you pull back and you start with some easier questions. Good. Yes. Start with binary, factual or explanatory questions. So now let me just kind of, so I wanted to bring that part up that oftentimes we botch it in how we ask the questions. It's Mm -hmm. not that they're not willing. It's not that they're not, you know, like in a missionary setting, there are certain topics that you will encounter with almost every friend you're teaching that are going to be sensitive and you won't always know what those are going to be going into it right and so you have to watch for clues that you've hit it and those sensitive things will create silence or violence oftentimes or they create transformative experiences and so you being willing to watch for and try and understand where are those little tender spots for them. Those are the spots you want to go to. You just have to do it safely. So those tender spots, they won't let you tread on the, or touch those tender spots unless they feel trust, unless they feel safe, right? All all of those. Yes. Yes. They're not going to let you get there until you build that foundation with them. Exactly. Yeah. So let's now talk about how we do that. And this is where I really kind of want to pick your brain just a little bit. Okay. So just to review so that it's fresh in people's minds, there are five types of questions. We are only really going to talk about four because the fifth is very, very personal. 
It's not one that we can facilitate. Right. And that's a transformative question. Those are personal. We don't make that happen. The spirit does. Right. The end. Don't touch it. Fair? <laughs> Fair. So the other four are binary. Do you, do you review them and tell us just really basically what they are? Like define sure. them just because I want us to have this fresh in our brain. Binary is what we typically think of as a closed-ended question. It's a yes or no, but it's expanded a little bit more than that. Um, are you male or female? Is is this black or white? Is this, uh, I mean, it's really two choices. Binary meaning by either or. either or. It's one or the other, right? Factual means that there is an answer. Um, it's, there is an, it, now, it may be a different answer for each person. So it actually may be a different answer. But, you know, uh, if you ask, who was Joseph Smith's father? Well, we can, we can answer that question, right? Um, yeah. Who is your hero? That's going to be different for everyone, but there is an answer. An yes. explanatory question, you have to dig a little deeper and, and really explain something. It could be a point of view. It could be, uh, you know, why do you think that, oh, well, I think that that happened because, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. An introspective question is where you have to really dig in deep, where you almost have to take a moment and think, okay, wow, how am I gonna answer this? What do I really think and feel about this? And this is where when people in a, in a classroom setting or in a missionary setting, a lot of times when you get to that level, the answers that people give often are testimonies and they don't even realize that's what they're doing. So those are the four types of questions and the differences. Perfect. And so just to reiterate, with an introspective question, I said a little bit earlier, and I think I just want to reiterate this point, that that is where the spirit can testify to them. That is yes. where they start to have an experience like you were talking about a little bit earlier, right? Mm -hmm. So if our goal is to help people have an experience with any principle of the gospel, but you can't just jump to an introspective question because they first have to feel seen, heard, valued, safe, right? Yes. How do we get there with the other questions we ask? Because I think that, <clears throat> and you said this a little bit earlier, and I think this is a really important point as well, that it is less about what we say and more about what we help them to experience. And so I think as missionaries, we think we should be talking more. Like we should be leading the conversation. We right. should be driving the boat. And I actually think that's the wrong approach. I think, and you proved this in a podcast previously without me even knowing it, that if we are doing it right, they will do more talking than we will. Right. If we're asking the right questions, they will be sharing more than us. And so if we find ourselves doing most of the talking, we're probably doing it wrong. Wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, Julie. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold the phone, hold the phone. Our friends, when we talk to them about the gospel, they need to know certain principles, they, concepts that they have never thought of before. They need to understand those. How can, how can they be talking more when they're the ones who need to learn more? Right, how can they, Kevin? <laughs> right, it seems like a contradiction, doesn't it? It does. Don't it? Yes. It I is just that was the worst. I'm, doesn't it? Does, dang. So, okay, so okay. how do we do that? This is where I need you to help me. So part of what I have learned in using these, I'm gonna give some additional labels to 
like some of these questions. Okay. So in part, my in my opinion, a binary question is kind of like a a a duck question a little bit. Like it's it is a place where you can spend some time building on common beliefs. Like you can yes. figure out what you have in common. That's a good way for a missionary to use binary questions. And so saying, do you believe in God? Well, then now we've established yes. yay or nay, they believe in God. So then if we're asking an introspective question about a belief in God and they don't actually believe in God, well, we've really missed the mark, right? <laughs> really? And so we need to start with binary questions. And I think the sequence is a little bit important. So coming to understand where they are is going to require a little bit of kind of back and forth with some of these binary questions. Yes. Right? So then when you are teaching a principle of the gospel, can you teach a principle by asking questions? Mm. Oh, can you ever? Okay. Wow. Give me an example. Let's <clears throat> actually use a principle of the gospel and model a little bit how you might teach it using more questions than explanations. Okay. Okay. So pick a, pick a principle. Let, uh, let me throw a few out. Do you want to talk about plan of salvation? Do you want to talk about repentance? Do you want to talk about covenants? Do you want to talk about ordinances? Do you want to talk about um, heaven? Do you want to talk about like use whatever, pick a topic. Okay. I'm not going to tell you the topic. I'm just going to start asking questions. Okay. All right. Just do it. Um, Julie, do you believe there is a God? Yes, I do. And do you believe he loves you? Yeah. Do you believe he loves me even? Well, I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> what about <laughs> the rest of his, uh, of everyone on earth? Do you believe he loves everyone? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think he gets mad at people though. Do you think he does? Why, why would he get mad at people? <clears throat> so we were role playing, right? Yes. I think he gets mad at people because um, I think that they do bad stuff and he gets mad. Okay. So you, you just, you, you told me that he loves them, but gets mad at them. Is that a contradiction? That's a great question. Not necessarily because I am a parent and I get mad at my children, but I still love them. So what do you want for your children then? I want my children to be happy. And that's and, what God wants for me. Right. And he, yeah. and from what I heard you say, he probably wants that for everyone, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone. Even if we do bad things. Yeah. And Even so if he, it, I, it would be frustrating to be God, right? Uh, I, I, I would probably agree, right? You look down. <laughs> can't you imagine God up there looking down at the world saying, wow, these people are just kind of off. And it, I, I mean, there's a lot of good going on, obviously, but wow, there's a lot of that too, isn't there? Right. And so yeah. he, and so he wants us to do good things. Would you, would you agree with that? That he wants us to do good things? Yeah, I think he wants us to do, like, be good to each other for sure. Okay, think about your children. Do you want them to be good to each other? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, why? Okay, Kevin, I'm going to pause you for just a second. Okay. You literally led me through that principle with mostly binary questions, right? Right. And then when you asked why, 
I wanted to give you a real answer. Mm. Because I'd already connected with you on those other things. And so like literally my instinct was to go, why? Oh, okay. Now I'm going to tell you, now I want to share my opinion. Now I want to share my perspective with you a little bit. Right. Right. And so right. Interesting. This, yeah. That was such a good, and I, I literally, I knew exactly what you were doing because I'd asked you to do it. <laughs> and I still felt like the urge to share an answer to that question. That's great. So that was the perfect illustration that I was talking about. So now. Well, hold, hold, talk, can, I want to add one more thing, if I may, real oh, quickly. Please do, please do, because I actually was going to, maybe this will take it. I want to okay. make explicit what I think you're going to do. And then you tell me if this is what you're going to do. Okay. Are you going to take it now to like some more explanatory questions? Like, are you going to deepen the questions just a little bit? Yes. But let me tell you the principle that I was, that I'm getting at. Yeah, sorry. At the very beginning of at, at least from uh, Preach by Gospel, the very beginning, the very first lesson, the very first th written things as it was in the older version. I don't know yeah. about the newer version, but it, it said, God is our loving Heavenly Father. He loves us yes. and, wants, yeah. and wants us to obey his commandments. And that's, that is exactly what that was. And because I've seen missionaries talk to someone and say, well, God is our loving Heavenly Father and go off and teach this rather than having it come from them. And that's what I was trying to pull out of you is that, is God our loving Heavenly Father? Yes. Yes, he is. And you taught me that that is what you believe. Okay. So let me ask you a question. If you would have started with God is our loving Heavenly Father and he loves all of his children and I didn't believe in God, what would have happened? <laughs> <laughs> Fell on its face, right? You got the red buzzer right there. Yes. Yep. Gone. Disconnected. Or what if I came to tell you God is our loving heavenly father and he loves all of his children. And you think that my purpose, my goal is to teach you why you are wrong in your religion, your current religion. Mm -hmm. Then how would you receive my God is our loving heaven? Tune out. Don't right. give a rip. Yep. Don't care what Not you're saying. Trust. Right. Right. But instead, when you're asking questions, you are literally saying to them, I want to invest in your beliefs. Yes. And that's part of the power is you being saying, I care what you think about this. I see you. You are not someone I'm trying to convert. You are not someone I'm trying to prove wrong. I want to see you. Yes. And asking those questions is a way of saying, you are important to me. Yes. I'm interested in your answers. And then I loved that when I would respond to you, you wouldn't just ask the next question in queue, which is another way that we botch it. Like mm -hmm. if we have prepared True. questions, we botch it by asking the next question in queue. You actually listened to my answer and you made that clear by how you phrased the next question. Mm -hmm. And so your questions, no matter how scripted they might have been, you phrase them in a way that reflects that you were listening and heard what I already said. Does that make sense? Yes, that's great. Yes, yes. Okay, do you, do you want to add to what you just um, were doing at all? Um, so one of the, so I'll, I'll just add this real quickly. Where I'm trying to get to eventually is for them to have an experience with the spirit. Yes. 
right? And, and it come from within, not me trying to force the spirit to be there, not me trying to, you know, uh, as a missionary, I used to do this as well. I would say something and say, okay, you know, this is, this is really powerful, but it wasn't powerful to them because they're, they weren't in the spot that I right. would hope that they would be right. But right. this way I know what spot they're in and I can help them, uh, get into a spot where they might feel the spirit, hopefully. Okay. Okay. So you're saying that questions help you more than anything to know what spot they're in. Okay. Absolutely. And yes. then you can help them move. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? If you don't figure out what spot they're in first, like they're not going to tell where you want them to go. It does not work that way. <laughs> it, it does not work that way. No, I love that. So the most important, in my opinion, thing that you can do in your teaching is not to share the message out of the gate. It's to figure out what spot they're in so that you can cater the message to that spot yes yes okay and um, then go ahead you can lead right like you can't mm -hmm. lead somebody by calling to them you lead somebody by coming back to where they are linking your arm in theirs and Good. walking side by side on a journey together that yes. is true leadership versus hey 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 come here come here come here god's your loving heavenly father come on come on come on right come to where i am right that's not the goal right I love that because if you think about it as missionaries, we may say we're here. We have the gospel. You need to come to where I am. Yeah. Er, let's let's go to where they are. Like you said, link arms with them and take step by step with them as we go down this path that we have already been on. I think of the the number of high adventures I've been on where we've gone hiking and a boy just can't make it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he's done after miles five and we have two more miles to go you have the boys that go out they drop their bags they come back and they grab that boy's bag and then they walk with them all the way back and that's kind of what we need to do as missionaries we we need we're we may be there wherever there is right, right. And, and air quotes there For we sure. get there but we need to come back and say okay where are you at all right yeah what's the next step and let's start where you are Yes. Yes. Like let's start right where because wherever you are is okay. Mm -hmm. And that's it's part of it. Okay. It's more than okay. It's fantastic. Like wherever, and this goes actually for our friends within the church as well as those who it aren't. Absolutely does. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like wherever they are is okay, and our goal is to meet them where they are, and help them link to arms to get somewhere else like mm -hmm. it's not i mean people have done that for me so many times in my life yeah and honestly part of what happens when they do that is that it deepens the connection now if i can just bring one little tangential thing up that you said just a second ago okay just popped into my mind you know how you say oh this is so powerful and then you share it with them but because they're not yet there to feel and have a powerful experience with it it kind of right. goes wah, wah. it's not mm -hmm. One of the things that I think that we sometimes do is we try and manipulate yeah. um, a conversation to be powerful. And we do that with the tone of our voice. We do that with them. And <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Changing your voice does not 
<laughs> it's a pet peeve. I have a I pet get it. Peeve. I get it. it okay, it Lily, we because we okay, <laughs> just last night we had the sister missionaries over. All right. Okay. And missionaries, uh, we, we've noticed this with our first daughter who went up on a mission and came back. She had the missionary lilt. And I was like, <laughs> who are you? Right? Not only are we teaching, uh, it's, it's almost as if we're teaching the missionaries what to teach, but also we're teaching them how to say how the to words say and what lilt of a voice to say it in uh, almost, right? <laughs> And are, we making fun of, are we being mean right now? No, 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 because no, 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 we're not. Okay, good. Maybe we are, but a little bit. But these missionary, these sister missionaries that came over, we said, you don't have that. Oh, good, good job. Good, good, good. And then, and then I went, wait, oh, oh, that's right. One of them just came out last week. So <laughs> oh, she hasn't been corrupted to have the loot yet. <laughs> she doesn't have it yet, but maybe she won't get it. But her companion didn't have it either. And her companion yeah. was oddly enough asking fabulous questions of us again and again. And she was doing a great job. I was so impressed with them, but it's, you're right. It is in the way we do it. And we almost learn, we try unconsciously. I think there's yep. a learned culture around, I'm going to force the spirit to be here by saying it in these specific ways and using this wording and, and tilting my head this way and leaning or, or yeah. what, and I've seen that happen before as well. Yes. Leaning yeah. in and right yeah. brother. So-and-so you're right. Be yourself, please, please be yourself and perspective take. Yeah. Meaning see where, see from their eyes, like, connect with them mm -hmm. they will connect with the true you being yourself bringing all the best parts of who you are they want to like in an authentic way you have to offer authenticity to get authenticity in yes. return right so that was a little bit of a tangent but that was so was good though <laughs> okay so now let's go back to these questions so what you did is you taught a little bit of a principle of the gospel by asking some binary questions, figure out where I was. And then when you ask a why question, what type of question is that? Depends on how it's asked. It can okay. be explanatory, okay. but it could be, if it's, if it's a little bit deeper, it could be a, an introspective question. Introspective question. Excellent. Mm -hmm. So what's the value of asking for their opinion? So let's say you're asking for their opinion on a topic that you know they have different beliefs than you about. What's right. the value? Why would you go to that kind of maybe difficult, uncomfortable space? So the word hijacking came into my mind right there. Okay. And and here's why. If I if I see myself as this is the way and you need to come here, the only way I'm going to get you there is to hijack you and make hijack. you come there, right? Yeah. Rather than if if I know where you are, and, and at that point, it doesn't matter where the person is. Right, right. I'm going to grab them wherever they are and I'm going to yeah. drag them cool. to, to believe this to be right here. No. Rather, if I know where they, if I've, had, if, if I've asked the questions in advance, then I can say, oh, okay. Then, as I, as I mentioned before, what's the next step to help you maybe, and, and I'm going to say this a few different ways, 
to gain a different perspective because maybe that's their next step. Maybe it's not to say this is the way it is, but let's just get a different perspective or to maybe consider something that they have never considered before or maybe evaluate a truth that they are just being introduced to or maybe a new practice like prayer overall that they have never done before. So again, it's what what is their next step and and, and trying to help lead them along that path. Okay, so can we do another example thing yes. where you help me with this? Okay, so let's say I have a different belief than you about, um, I'm trying to think of something that would be good. Maybe you can figure it out, but let me let me kind of set the stage just a little bit. Okay. I have a different belief than you mm-hmm. and you want to help me consider another perspective without hijacking me, okay? So when you hijack someone, meaning you take them from where they are and you try to pull them to where you are, what is their initial response going to be? Well, I I don't want to be hijacked, right? Right. I don't want to be hijacked, right? right? They're going to get defensive or protective Mm -hmm. of their beliefs and they're going to go to silence or violence. So you're going to see a sign that safety is at risk. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing it I don't want to say correctly, but if you're doing it in a in a way that's helping them to consider another perspective, how do you do that with questions? And let me add to that just a teensy weensy okay. bit. How what do you do if it doesn't go the way you hoped it would go? So mm. let's kind of do it. And let's say you don't get the answer that you're hoping for. How do you respond? so that they still feel seen, heard, and valued, even though they believe something totally different than what you're trying to teach them. Great. Okay, so can we model this? Can we try and do this just a little bit? We're gonna try to. Let's see if we can do this. You have something in your brain, a topic? Yes. Yes. Okay, so don't tell me, just go ahead and let's try it. Um, So I actually, I want you to kick off this discussion by telling me that my church believes that we are saved by works. Okay, so this is, I'm the friend. Yes. Okay. And so at my church, we believe that we're saved by works. No, no, no I'm sorry. So, so you're, yeah, you're the friend. You want me to say by grace, not by sorry. grace. What do you want me to say? You, I want you to tell me that you think that me, my church, Let's say I'm the missionary. You believe. Oh, okay. Your church. Okay. So at at my church, they tell me that the Mormons believe that you're saved by works. And they even quote the scripture like, um, you are saved by grace, but after all that you can do. Like mm-hmm. that you have to, that so it's your works, it's what you do that saves you. We yeah, that that isn't quite what we believe that isn't quite true i'm I'm curious how you came to learn that and and know that because that is, that isn't what we believe but i i'm curious why why do you how did you learn that so our pastor told us that okay do you know where he got that information no but like he wouldn't say something that wasn't true over the pulpit okay okay pause what do you see in me what, what did i, I just do i don't know what was that? De- that was a defensive statement. Okay. 
right? Yeah, okay. Well, yes, I see what you mean. Yes. So what is that? What is that an indication? What just came into your You're radar not, if I made a defensive statement? Not being seen, heard, valued. Okay, I don't feel safe. Right. 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 Okay. So. Okay. So how could you really quickly, Kevin? How could you restore safety in a situation like that? Right. Because right now, like now, I'm defensive. Right. He said it would public. He wouldn't tell us something that wasn't true. Right. And and I'd say, well, you know that. I, I've heard many, many people say that we believe that. Uh, that's that's certainly not what I believe. I mean, well, well, ask, tell me, do you do you believe? And, and I think I know the answer, but maybe not. But do you believe that if you were to go to heaven, that you actually worked for and deserve that because of what you what you learned or what you did on Earth? Okay, that's a great question. But let me back you up just a little bit. Okay, go okay? for it. Because. You've heard me say something defensive. I didn't hear what you said because I'm already in my head trying to figure out how I'm now going to defend the next thing. Okay. Okay. So if you instead <clears throat> think, oh, safety's at risk, I need to go to empathy. Okay. So I need, she needs emotional air. She needs to feel safe. How would you help restore safety? How would you empathize with me? so that i felt safe do you have any idea or do you I don't, need a little bit of see the empathy part i am not as good as on, on the other things that i mean empathy is is one part that i actually need some pretty good work on so but you're very naturally empathic it's just that when you went to the next question you included in it a statement about well that that's not correct and da, 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 you know what i mm -hmm. mean and mm -hmm. you asked another question the sure. question was was great but i authentically did not hear the question you asked because in my brain i was like uh-uh he made me feel defensive because okay. he contradicted me instead of showing me that what i said had value to you you could do something as simple as repeating it back and so what about something like oh yeah you you have a great relationship of trust with your pastor it sounds like you really trust your pastor because that's what I basically just told you. He wouldn't say something that wasn't true over the pulpit. And so what about validating or saying, oh, what's that's your good. perspective? How are you seeing this? And saying to me, you, you, you know, your pastor, you feel like what your pastor says, you know, is, is true. You really trust him. That's not condescending. It's not rude. It's instead you you literally are just saying what you just said to me, I heard it and I want to acknowledge the trust that exists there. So I'm telling you something you don't want to hear. You're not put off by that. You're not going to try and convince me I'm wrong, that my pastor is an idiot. Mm -hmm. Instead, mm. you're yeah. validating or valuing yep. that trust that already exists between me and my pastor. Gotcha. So Does that make could sense? I, could I say something like, wow, that's, I, I love, that you trust your pastor so much because I've seen sometimes where other people, they don't trust their pastors and they move to another church or whatever it is. And I, I've heard of those conflicts, but it sounds like you have a good relationship with your pastor and really trust what he says. You could. The warning in that yes. is that you have just gone autobiographical. Oh, yeah. Okay? I added some of my thoughts in there as well. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Your thoughts, your judgments, your opinions, mm -hmm. your whatever. Mm -hmm. So instead of doing that, because with a person who does not yet trust you or with a person that's feeling defensive, 
you have to make sure that they feel like you're not leading the conversation. You're not leading them to it. You're not jumping on the bad one and say, oh, me too. Totally. Yes, I get it. Da, 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 da. That is not as valuable to them. It's not giving them emotional air in the same way that just stand alone. That relationship is important. Gotcha. Does that make sense? It so does. what you said did sound very empathic. It was great. And in most instances, that would go well. But the caution is that you've now made it about your experience. Sure, sure. And less about <clears throat> theirs. Now, I, I full transparency, I have a hard time just doing that because it oh. for me, it almost sounds like I'm I'm going to repeat back to you the same thing that you just said to me, although it may be in different words. And and I'm not adding anything new to the conversation. And 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 I guess that's the point. I'm not trying to add anything to the conversation. I'm trying to show you that I heard you. Yes. And, and that's and not then, a natural thing for me. And I that's something I need to get over and I need to be better at for sure. It's not natural for most of us because then it could be like crickets after that, right? right. You could be like, now what do we do? So yeah. when you're saying it, your goal is to just perspective take. And so let's say, for example, you say, oh, you have a great relationship of trust with your pastor. My natural response would be, yeah, he is a really great guy. We have a great congregation. Like I would tell you a little bit more about it. And that's exactly what you want from me. You want more of my perspective. Mm -hmm. And then there will come a point where let's say I tell you, yeah, I feel like, you know, we have a great relationship of trust. And then let's say it comes to a point where I'm like, well, what do you believe? Because you've invested in, I totally trust sure. my pastor. I think that he's a great guy, but I've heard you say that that's not accurate. Cause you said that like right at the beginning, Oh, what, where did you get that impression? Kind of a thing. Do you know what I mean? How yeah. come you think yeah. that you can say, well, isn't that true? I might say to you, isn't, isn't that true? Don't you guys believe that? But then when I'm asking you, I actually have the space emotionally to hear your right. response sure. because I no longer feel like I need to defend myself. Yes, that makes sense. Okay. So That's let's good. go back to what you were doing because we were on the right path. Let's go back. I'm going to start over and let's role play it again because I want you to get to the question you're going to ask because it was a good question. Okay. Okay. But I'm going to make sure I hear the question. So <laughs> I believe, and now are you also may reframe your question just a little bit, knowing that I have some energy around my pastor. <laughs> okay. So okay, I'm gonna, I may fail at this again. So I'm going to, I'm going to try, I'm going to try here. Don't you think, do you feel like the best instruction sometimes is to listen to someone else mess it up? Yes. Even so myself mess I it up. Yeah. I'm hoping that this is like super, valuable because I mess up the questions part all the time. Right. So don't like, feel like I'm, I don't feel like I'm being a jerk. I think. No, you're not. No, no, no. no. Okay, this is great. This is great. Okay, I, need, so, I, need practice. I need to get better at this. So my understanding is that in your church, you guys believe that you're saved by works. That's not, uh, that's n well, let me, let me, uh, that's, that's not from what I understand. What, tell me where, where did you, how do you, how did you come to understand this? So our pastor talked about it at church and he told us that the Mormons believe 
that they're saved by works. And like he even quoted some scripture that you guys have, like it's, you know, after like saved by grace, because we we believe we're saved by grace, right? Mm -hmm. And so saved by mm -hmm. grace. And then it has this phrase after all that you can do, which mm -hmm. means that you like have to be saved by works. Like you have to do stuff. Sure. Yeah. I could see that. So stop. Reflect that back. Okay. Just just that phrase you're talking about. All right. So you've heard from your pastor that um, there's a scripture that says that we are saved by grace, but first works, it sounds like. Is that correct? Yeah, like that's his interpretation of it. Isn't that what your scripture says? Um, it It is. It can be. Well, obviously, it's an interpretation f for sure, right? And that's how some people take that. That is correct. Okay, um, so... So it says that in the scripture, but you think like, that's just maybe one interpretation of it. Are you calling my pastor a liar? Oh, absolutely. I don't know your pastor. I, I, I'm assuming your pastor is a good guy. I, I, it sounds like you have a good relationship with your pastor. Is that true? Yeah, I do actually. He's, I totally like, he's one of, he's one of our family friends. That's cool. I, and, and really, I think that anyone who's trying to come closer to Christ, I mean, that, that, that's not a bad thing. I, I would assume so. I, okay, so do you feel that same way? Back up okay. just a little bit. Okay. He's one of our family <laughs> friends. What if you were to say, oh, he, you're really close to him. Just validate. You heard me. You gotcha. got it. You got to give me some more validation. You got to tell me you're hearing me because you are catching that I'm protective of this relationship. Okay. Sorry. This is not the direction I actually planned on this going, but I think it's really important. <laughs> Good. So just give me, give me a All little right. bit more back, like that you're hearing what I'm saying. So he's a family friend. Yeah, yeah, we're we're really close friends. And so I do trust him, but help help me okay. to understand what you're talking about. Like with is that not a correct interpretation? That is not how we interpret that as well. You know, it, it, and and well then I would go into a little bit of an explanation. Or I'll okay. actually let me ask you a question. So, for yeah. example, you know how in the Bible there may be a phrase and different churches interpret it a little bit differently. Have you ever noticed that or seen that? Yeah, for sure. Like, I think, I mean, there are a whole bunch of different versions of the Bible, right? And right, we believe, right. like, we read the new translation of the Bible or the, and I don't even NIV. remember what it is. NIV. Yeah. We read right. the NIV. Right, yeah, right. from my church. So, which interpretation? We read the NIV. Okay. Like, give me, like, you heard me, right? Okay. 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 So, okay. the NIV. Yes. I've, <laughs> great. You don't even have to make it about you. Just say, Just say so you guys, you read the NIV. And I'm like, yeah. Like okay. I'm tracking with you. Gotcha. That's gotcha, all you're gotcha. doing. So you read, okay, gotcha. So you read the, read the NIV. Good. Yeah. Very good. Very good version. I like that. Don't add your judgment. Oh man, but I did. Okay, great. Um, Sorry. Then, and then, so if you take a specific scripture and there are different versions of it and churches, you know, which, which one is the correct one? And I think they can all be right, right? Don't they all have some truth? And and that's 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 incredible that you recognize that that they can all have some truth. There, it's all dun, 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 dun. good empathy. Good empathy. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. That they can all have some truth in there, right? Right. Um, yeah. Does does that make what you believe right and they believe wrong, or what they believe right and you believe wrong at the same time? Is it exclude? Is, is exclusive? That is a really good question. 
can both things be true? Um, you know what? I That is a good question. I don't know that I have an answer to that. And, well, I don't know how to be empathetic to that. I mean, just, I mean. No, that's okay. Say, that's okay. okay. Yeah, you, but I mean, so if I was you, this is how you could be empathic. Say, okay. so you don't, you don't necessarily, like that's maybe a thought provoking question. That's something for us okay. to think about. Like okay. that's what I'm basically saying. To okay. You. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm not saying maybe that your pastor is completely wrong in the way he interprets that scripture, but there are other ways to interpret it. And, and we interpret that a little differently than what he does. And, you know, okay. and, 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 and so, and so we, and, and then, then I would get into a question like, do you believe that, you know, you can earn your way to heaven? Ah, okay. So now let's go back. So that was a little tight side lesson in empathy. Yeah. Now let's get back to <laughs> our big, that was a huge lesson in empathy. I was all saying, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. no, 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 not time-wise, but for me, emotionally, I'm like, <gasps> okay, okay, okay. I can do this. <laughs> All right. Okay. So now let's get back to your your professional. Like this is your comfort zone. <laughs> back to your comfort zone. Okay. So now help to teach what you wanted to teach me. I assume it had something to do with grace and works or something like that, right? Sure. Yes. Help. Go ahead and guide me through that. Let's use some questions to try and teach it. Okay. Okay. And remember, part of what we're getting at here is that we want to be able to connect deeper with the person, help them feel seen, heard, and valued. Empathy we've established is a big part of that, but doing it in a way that you're like linking arms, right? This is yeah. you linking arms and helping gotcha. not yep. hijack, but helping to make some progress. Good. Okay. So do you feel that you can earn your way to heaven by doing good works? No, absolutely not. We are saved by grace. Okay. Why? Why is that? Because the only way to be saved is through Jesus Christ. Okay. I, and I agree. The only way to be saved is through Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, the life, right? As the scripture says. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah, yeah. I love that scripture. Right? Yeah. That's, a, that's one of my favorites. I mean, it's, it's so foundational and so basic, right? But if we, were to, if we were to dive a little bit deeper into kind of uh, logically why, why can't we earn our way to heaven? Why, why can't you earn your way to heaven? Because I would always fall short. Always fall short. Because all of us are sinners. Yeah. I would agree. I completely agree with that. I think that there is no way, like you, I think that there is no way that we can earn a way to... Can you imagine doing enough good works to earn the, the, the first place gold medal to get to heaven? Right. There's no possible way that any of us could do that. Right. We feel the same way. There's there's no possible way for that to happen. Okay, so let me pause you. What I felt in that was, and it wasn't that you said, because I actually would encourage you not to say, well, I completely agree. I, 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 hmm. I. Sure. Okay? Instead, it's just validating what they said and saying, yes, we're on the same page. Because you're teaching gotcha. them still. You still have a responsibility to teach them. Yep. But you're not validating by saying, I agree with you. My judgments are what are validating you. Instead, 
you're validating them, you're leading them, but it's not because you believe the same thing. I agree wholeheartedly. It's because, yeah, yeah, we're building on truth here. You're establishing truth together. That's good. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, it does. And those were great questions because you were basically having me articulate the truth instead of you articulating the truth to me. So I'm having an experience with it. I'm saying the words. When we say the words out loud, it reaffirms in our hearts the truth of something. Correct. It also can have the opposite effect. Sometimes we will say something out loud and we'll realize the flaw in it. Mm -hmm. But until we articulated it, we didn't recognize the flaw. Mm -hmm. So a caution, as we are asking those questions, they may say something that we totally disagree with, like a little bit earlier, right? Mm -hmm. And when that happens, the way that we respond is going to be critical. And so if they say something that is that that's almost like every missionary's nightmare. Oh crap. Where do I go from there? Right? Like, yes, absolutely. Instead of being afraid of it, invest in it. That's not scary. Try and understand it better. Your beliefs aren't threatened just because somebody believes something differently. Right. Don't let it feel threatening. But it would be threatening if my goal was to hijack them to where I'm trying to get to. Yes. It It it, would be threatening if that was your goal. But if your goal is to connect with them, invest in what they believe. And then you can use questions to explore alternatives. Because you're already linked, walking hand in hand, maybe you pause together on the path and you just stand there for a minute. You're not off the path. You're just standing there for mm-hmm. a minute in the path, connecting, investing. And then once they feel safe, then you can start moving forward again and you can explore some alternatives, but pause on the path. Don't be afraid to pause with them and invest in what they believe because you That's can't great. take another step without dragging them. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. That makes me think, and I can't think of a particular example, but the, I, I feel like in being a parent, there have been times when physically I am walking or I'm trying to help my child go from one place to another that they don't want to go mm-hmm. or they don't feel they can go. And I'm okay, let's just stop. Let's just stop. We're here together. We'll stop until you can get the courage to do this. We're, we're not going to take another step and that's okay. We'll wait until. So, let me bring it full circle back to Liam for just a second, okay. right? If my goal was to convince Liam that he needed to have his patriarchal blessing, that's basically me trying to drag him to a patriarchal blessing. Yes. But instead, I've decided I'm going to pause on the path with him. I'm going to hang out there. I'm going to explore his fears. I'm going to look at this patriarchal blessing experience from different angles. I'm even going to share with him some of my feelings. I'm going to let him share with me some of his feelings. We're just literally going to pause on the path for a minute. We're not trying to push. We're not trying to pull. And the questions, right? Backtracking. The questions aren't to help them take the next step. It's to understand that step that they're on right now that 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 circle that they're standing on right now 
What is that like for you? And that is where your questions are focused at that moment. Exactly. Because if my questions are focused on trying to hijack, trying to move him out of that space, I will miss the mark. I will mess it up. I will interfere. Yes. And so oftentimes the place that the spirit can be the strongest is when you're standing still with them. Does that make sense? It's beautiful. Yes. So I think that's where I want to end today. Like, I feel like there's so much more to explore in this. But if I was to tell you that, you know, one of my takeaways from this and what I am kind of coming to understand a little bit better, the point that I I want to drive home is that the purpose of questions is to deepen connection. And so how can you prepare to have a discussion back and forth with someone by asking the right question, questions to deepen your connection, not the right questions to convince, not That's the right good. questions to hijack. Yes. You really have to understand the purpose of your questions and be cognizant of the purpose of those questions. Because if you don't realize that the purpose of the questions that you're asking are to convince, then then in I'm gonna say you're doing it wrong, but it's just not as effective in that way, right? Right. right. But to be to understand that, oh, I'm asking a question that is with them right now, and that's all it's supposed to do, mm-hmm. then you know you're actually making progress. Even though it may not be the next step, you're still making progress because you're building that up right there with them. Yeah. So when you come to a point where you know the person feels seen, heard, and valued, they will oftentimes ask you a question that helps you take the next step. That's when you know they're ready. Yes. That is so true. I I think about that. uh, As you said that, I've kind of put that into past experiences. And I've seen that a million times when they ask the question, then, you know, okay, now we can, now we can start thinking about taking the next step, but let that, let it come from within them to want to take the next step. So, you know, back to the Liam story, we got to the point where we were saying some things he'd articulated to me what he thought the point of a patriarchal blessing was. He'd articulated to me some of his concerns with it. And then he asked me, well, isn't that what's included? And I mean, irrelevant. The rest of it is irrelevant. But when he asked that question, it was, mom, tell me what, like, tell me what this is about. Do you know what I mean? Yes. yes. And so that that is how I knew it was time to talk about it a little bit more. And we were able to say to him, you know, like, have you ever read a patriarchal blessing? Have you ever, you know, like, how would you know? Like kind of a thing. It's like what you were saying, you know, how would you know? And t- help me understand where, you know, your perspective is coming from. And that helped him to feel safer because his perspective, we validated his perspective. Right. You know? And then he started asking questions that made it clear that it was okay for us to share a little bit more. And it's actually led to some really beautiful conversations just in the past few days. Like it's been awesome. That's pretty and neat. I'm proud of him because I feel like that Matt's jumping up and down. I don't know if you can hear that so loud, <laughs> but I can feel him investing and seeking 
And my goal is to help Liam have an experience with it, with the spirit, right? Yes. And so anyway, that's, I, I just, that personal experience has been, you know, on my heart. And so I hope that that helps to kind of illustrate some of the points that we're trying to make. That was so very good. Thank you. And it helped me understand some things that I had never quite put into words before as well. And, and especially with the empathy part, I know that I need, I, I'm going to, I'm going to be working on that for sure. Cause that's good. That, it tough. is tough. It is tough. But I think all of these principles are that we talk about in, in these episodes are tough to different degrees for different people. For some people, it's going to be easy. For other people, it's something that they never thought of before, and it will go contrary to how they live life. Mm -hmm. And I would just say, keep going. Keep trying. It doesn't matter. You're trying. That is what matters, is is that you're trying and that you're doing it. We want you to feel like we are meeting you on the path wherever you are, and we'll try and keep walking with you. I love Don't that. beat yourself up. That's great. Thank you. All right. Awesome. If you would, again, share this with others. Like, share, subscribe, comment. I do all that good stuff. And make sure that you're helping others along their path of learning how to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks okay. for listening, everyone. See you next time. Bye.